Hey guys, Pastor Jürgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the word. God bless you. So how many of you guys are enjoying the series we are in? And there's a great joy in the city. Yeah? Wow, that was kind of weak. I'm not going to lie. Come on. There you go. That's some joy. But uh, to be honest, when I hear, every time I hear that, I get a little confused because my wife's joy. And I'm like, there is a great joy in the city. Actually, there's a great joy in my house. But, so I was like, I want to look up, like, what word can I replace with it? And I was looking up some synonyms. And um, triumph was there. I was kind of surprised. I was like, oh, that makes sense. And there was a great triumph in the city. And then thinking about it more, what does triumph mean? What's the, like, what's the source of triumph? And it's an intense victory. And, so, and there was an intense victory in the city. And I believe that today, many of us are living in that place of intensity. And you're going to experience healing. You're going to experience peace. So be expectant for what God's about to do. But how many of you guys like triumph? I know I do. Um, if you would have invested in Amazon in 1997 it would have cost you $18 a share for the initial release. And if you would have invested in them, it would have been because you believe in their vision, not because it's been done before. You would have believed that the future has to be an online marketplace. This has to be the future. And for six years, you would have been wrong because the company would have been losing money. And you would have been faced with a dilemma. And I call that dilemma... or. I call that the prospectus dilemma, the title for my message. But if you, if you would have held on to that vision, you say, Hey, you know, I know we're losing. I know we're losing, but I believe in the vision so much. I'm going to stay in. You would have seen a 200 fold return this year, 200 times. Your initial investment would have come to pass because you said, I know we're losing money, but I believe so much in the vision of where this company is going. I know what is going to happen. I know how God is going to come through. You would have seen a 200 fold return. And I know in my current life, I've been living in a season expectant for that 200 fold return. But in this season, in this season, there is intense times. And so how many of you guys are believing for something to happen this year that hasn't happened yet? All right, there wasn't as many hands as I was hoping for there. So for the hands that weren't raised, I preached a message earlier this year. Go listen to it. Grow your vision. Get big vision. Believe that what God can do, the unimaginable, and you will be amazed, like Scott said. But today, I have three points around the life of David. And between killing Goliath and when he was king, on how to live well in these intense times, on how to have joy in your life when life can be at its most intense but before I go too detailed into that, I want to give a, a quick timeline, timeline up to this point. Between 10 and 12 years old, David was anointed the future king by a prophet Samuel. David was at our Emerge Junior. He wasn't even at our Emerge Conference yet. And he was anointed the future king. And others, servants of Saul, would see him and they called him a man of valor, even at Emerge Junior. 
they, people could see the strength in him because the spirit of God was on him. And then they called him up. They're like, hey, we need you to play music for the king because he's got problems, right? He's, he, he has an impure spirit taken over him. So David was faithful, went through, played music for the king. Then Goliath came along. David's like, no, we're not having any of this. I killed him. It was, I think, I, honestly, I believe Goliath was easy for David because of everything he had experienced at that point. He was full of faith. Goliath was the easy part of his life. And if you would have asked David who his Goliath was, it wasn't Goliath. Come on. Okay. <laughs> then Jonathan, Saul's son, heir to the throne, became his best friend. So, okay, becoming best friends, that's great. Then Saul, you know, he has mental problems, remember, tries to kill him twice, tries to throw a spear at him while he's playing music, try to pin him to a wall. So then Saul's like, oh man, I gotta let him go. So he's like, actually, David, I'm gonna make you commander of my armies because I've tried to kill you. Good logic. So, but hey, he evaded him twice. He probably saw something there, right? So then David led the armies and was victorious in every battle that he went in for Saul. He brought victory. He brought joy to the nations. He was bringing in songs of praise. Everyone was singing. And Saul just didn't like the song that was sung. But he said, hey, you know what? Marry my daughter. And so then David became a son-in-law to the king. So now he's best friends with the heir. He's son-in-law to the king. He has the spirit of God on him, and he's never lost a battle. At this point, I can imagine what David's thinking, what he's dreaming. He's like, he's having, I call them mind movies, these daydreams of how I'm going to become king. So I bet you Saul's going to choose me over his own son. I bet you it's going to come to a place and Saul cannot help but see the greatness on me, see that the Spirit of God is on me, and he will lift me up, that my name will be elevated just like it was prophesied, just like I was anointed, just like every single victory I've had. But that is David looking at the how and not the what. And we can get caught in that trap sometimes. And this is what happened. Saul came in a third time and is like, you're done he was like, we got to kill him. This guy's going to, what's, what's between him taking the throne from us, but his own faithfulness, but who he is, we need to murder him. So he sent his, he started getting his whole family on board. He's like, hey, we got to take him out. Jonathan saves him, saves him. His wife saves him, runs away. But Saul now has his whole army looking for him. I mean, talk about an intense time going from cloud nine to the uh, valley but what did David do in this valley? How did he bring joy in this valley? How did he change his circumstance? Well, point number one is he slowed down. He stopped running and stayed in the cave of Abulam. To me, this slowing down represents an increasing awareness. It's about being intentional with your actions. And the best way I can relate this in my own life is in hunting. When you're out hiking the hills, you slow down because you're more effective. Your senses are heightened. You can hear more clearly. Was that a squirrel or an elk, right? Some people get it confused. You could be walking and you'd be like, what's that smell? You know, oh, that's elk. We're in the midst of elk. I don't see them. I don't hear them. But my senses are heightened and I know that they're around. When you're looking through binoculars, you put them on a tripod because in the absolute stillness, is your greatest clear clarity. Like you will see more detail when you're still than when you're moving. 
I remember when I used to play baseball, playing in the outfield, I, I had to relearn how to run because when I would run, the ball would bounce. And if the ball was bouncing out, you could, you know, reach your glove out and miss it. I had to relearn how to be still, how to make things slow down to, to catch it. And the Holy Spirit asked me this this year when I was going through a valley. He's like, hey, Jake, you're actually focusing too much on your problems and not the people around you. And I'm like, okay. He's like, can you be aware and see my people? Can you see their pain? Can you bring encouragement to where they're at? Can you see who missed men's prayer and invite them and say, hey, I missed you there. Can you be a hurting person that heals my people? And I'm like, I, I don't know. He's like, but, and he's like, no, you can. You have my spirit. He's like, you have my spirit that you can bring joy to others in their, in their pains, in their valley. It doesn't matter where you stand when you have the spirit of God. You can bring joy into your circumstance, into other circumstance. And this is exactly what David did. In 1 Samuel 22, 2, he says, And everyone who was in distress, and everyone who was in debt, everyone who was bitter in soul gathered to him. And he became commander over them. And there was with him about 400 men. Why would 400 men go after Israel's number one most, number one most wanted? Why would you go hang out with the guy the king is trying to kill unless he in his awareness is able to bring healing to your situation? Unless he in his awareness is like, hey, I know you're in debt, but I can teach you how to budget. I can teach you how to fight this victory battle and you're going to own a house, right? He's like, I know that you are in pain, but I can teach you how to have joy in this pain. I can teach you how to pray. I can teach you how to worship. David would do this, and he would transform the men around him. And I truly believe that this point was key for him as king later on. He wouldn't have had his hundreds of mighty men without this cave, without this awareness, without this time of standing still, seeing the pain of others, and helping bring healing, bring peace, bring transformation. David would not, he would not have been able to reunite after it split apart, Judah and Israel without his mighty men. He would not have been able to wipe out the Philistines time and time again without these mighty men. So in your stillness today, when you slow down, you are equipping, you're connecting, you're making friendships that are going to lead to your next victory. I mean, there would have been no Benaiah without this cave. Like, I mean... Pastor Dr. Matt preaches on Benaiah all the time, right? The, the, they go after lions. The, the lion slayer himself going into a, a, the, the pit on a snowy day to kill a lion happened because David was stood still, saw the pain, brought healing, and allowed God to move. And he awoke. He brought out the warrior within. Point number two. David was known for being faithful. He was known as the most faithful and the most trustworthy of all of Saul's men. But in this time, David is in the cave with his men, training them up. He got word, hey, the city of Keilah is under attack. They're actually, the Philistines are going in and stealing their grain. They're stealing their resources. What are we going to do about it? And, I, and because David was a faithful man of God. He was like, actually, as the previous commander of the army and being a son of Judah, 
this town is in my home turf. And I am responsible because even though the responsibility seems to have been taken from me, I know what God has called me to do. God has called me to protect this city. I am still a commander in my own eyes because I am faithful. And I'm going to tell you guys today that I identify as faithful, right? This is something that you can identify as. Not man, man and woman isn't up for choice, but faithfulness is. You can identify as someone who is faithful no matter the circumstance. And in uh, David's faithfulness, he went up and he slaughtered the Philistines. He went before God, asked God, hey, should I do this? God said, yeah, twice. Went up, slaughtered them. Fantastic victory. Brought joy back to that city. But Saul saw it as an opportunity to kill David. So David had to run again. And in the forest, David was blessed by Jonathan. At that point, Jonathan made it, hey, we need a new covenant where you are the king and I am second in command. There was blessing in the faithfulness in the valley. And I'm here today to say no matter what valley you're in, no matter what you're going through, if you can be faithful in this time, the greatest blessing for the new ascent, the new mountaintops, how you're going to see God moves, happens in this valley. You want proof? I got proof. Luke 12, 35 through 37 says, Stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning, and be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast, so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at the table and will come to serve them. And I'm going to rephrase that last version for you. Truly God, Jesus is saying, I say to you, I as your as your master will dress myself for service and I will have you, my faithful servant, recline at the table and I will come and serve you. When you are faithful in this time, even Jesus is like, trust me. Trust me what's about to happen. Happen, And later on in this chapter, Jesus tells his di- disciples, he's like, hey, I will give that person all of my possessions. They will be in charge of everything I own. That is the person I'm looking for. If you can be faithful in this time. And I've had to walk that out many times this year. Um, I'm going to just, I'm going to tell you guys about a tough day I had uh, earlier in, uh, it was a tough day, but it was uh, in February. Everything on my, this new business I'm doing was looking up. Things are going up. Things are climbing. I was excited. I was elated. And I was like, man, this is God's about to move. The breakthrough is about to be there. And then bad news came out, like just like 1.05 p.m. I lost $70,000 between 1 p.m. and 6 p.m. when we had our church service. And I did not want to come to service that day. Like, honestly, like, I wanted to drink a beer, have pizza, watch TV, probably meat eater. Like, I, I just I wanted to not think. I just wanted to take a step back. I wanted to go in my own cave and hide. But because I identify as faithful, I'm like, I'm going to go anyways, because that's who I am. So I came. There was a message. Sorry, I don't remember who preached. And um, then there was ministry time afterwards. And I was like, the last thing I want to do is pray for somebody because I need prayer. And then uh, beautiful Heather was like, Jake, I need you to pray for somebody. Yeah, okay. I, I, I can still hear from God. So I came forth. I was right here. And um, 
I was praying for this. Dad brought his young daughter up, like a teenager, and I was praying. And it was, it was a good prayer. I was like, okay, you know, like there's an impact going on. But like sometimes happens, the Holy Spirit just interrupted my prayer. And <laughs> no, seriously, I'm praying. And then the Holy Spirit's like, hey, Jake, hey, Jake, hey, Jake, 2.13 a.m. You know what? 2.13 a.m. Hey, pay attention. 2.13 a.m. And I'm just like, why are you interrupting? So I, I went to tongues. And so I'm praying over tongue, in tongues over this girl because I'm just like having a conversation with the Holy Spirit being like, why are you telling me the most random time? 2.13 a.m.? Anyways, kept on praying, wrapped it up, and said, okay, in Jesus' name, amen. She starts walking off, and the Holy Spirit's like elbowing me. And I was like, mm. okay. And so she, I wait till she like turns, like, you know, kind of like this. So it's like almost like walking away. And I was like, oh, by the way, you're, you're not going to wake up at 2.13 a.m. tonight. I'm like, and she immediately turns, takes a step towards me, get right in my face. Like, what'd you say? I'm like, oh, man, here you go, God. Like, here we go. Okay. 2.13 a.m. I was like, you will not wake up at 2.13 a.m. tonight. She just sits back and just starts crying. And the only thing she could say is, how did you know? How did you know? And there I am, and I start crying because I'm like, I didn't. Like, I didn't. Like, I had no clue. Like, I had no clue. God sees you, and he wanted you to know. And at the same time, I was here, and God was telling me, he's like, Jake, I see you. I know the pain that you're in, but you've been following my voice. You know my voice time and time again. I have not left you. I have not departed you, and you will see the miracles. But can you trust me in this season? There is blessing in the valley. But you must be faithful. You must be faithful for what God has been put on your heart, what he is calling you to do. After this, David kept on being faithful. He had two opportunities to kill Saul, the king. Both times he says, I'm too faithful to kill him. So Saul blessed him both times. But after that second time, David hit the lows of the low. 1 Samuel 27.1 says, but David kept thinking to himself, someday Saul is going to get me. The best thing I can do is escape from the Philistine, or escape to the Philistines. Then Saul will stop hunting me in Israel territory, and I will finally be safe. You're talking about the guy who had the dream, the guy who took down Goliath, the guy who never lost, said, my dreams and visions are so far from me that all I can do is just try to be safe. I was there this year. I was there. <laughs> Sorry, Pastor Jeff, but it was two days after a merge. I was there the Tuesday morning after a merge conference, and I was in my kitchen because I was looking at what the God has done. He had, he had asked us so many things, and the net of everything, we were going to be down about a half a million dollars on the year. And I'm just like, what in the world? Like, why do I feel so betrayed by you, God? I have listened to you. I have followed you time and time and ten. Everything I've done, I've done it in prayer. Why does it seem like it's going the opposite direction? And I was just frustrated. I was said many words I will not repeat on this stage. And I was like, God, I need you to move. What is going on? But I was not abandoned. I was sitting there saying, God, why have you abandoned me? And the Holy Spirit was right there with me saying, hey, Bro, listen, remember what Jesus said on the cross in Matthew 27, 46. Eli, Eli, lama shabachthaneh. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Jesus Christ 
the one who gave everything for us, from us, like for us, for our sins, knew he was going to die and raise again, and yet he could feel completely abandoned by God. He can feel completely abandoned. He could feel like, what is going on? This seems so wrong. This seems, isn't like this, is this really how it's supposed to go? But yet he's like, nevertheless, I give it all to you. I had so much peace come upon me. Like, it sounds weird, but like in Jesus's misery, I got peace. Cause I was like, God, you sent him here to feel the same things I felt that I'm not alone. That doesn't mean that I have, I'm not walking away from you. It doesn't mean that I've abandoned you, that I am still in this. I'm still in this with you. And um, I was like, immediately also the Holy Spirit's like, yeah, and you're going to preach on this one day. I'm like, okay. I was like, so that's why I was like, I got to look up this verse. And uh, so I went to Google, like a lot of preachers do. And um, <laughs> so I went to Google and I said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I searched that. To my surprise, Psalms came up first. I was like, Psalms? Like, no, Jesus was in the New Testament. You know, this, this didn't happen in Psalms. And I came across Psalms 22. And this was when David was at his lowest. This is when David felt like he could only try to be safe. But David, in his own words, said, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan from help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you don't answer. Every night I lift my voice, but I find no relief. And we come to our, our third point of this message. It's worship. Thank you. This sword I was given because of I conquered a Goliath. I was able to conquer Goliath and I was given this sword. And David himself conquered a Goliath. And one part, one thing I didn't share earlier was when David ran from Saul, he stopped by the priests. He's like, I need a weapon. He's like, the only weapon we have is Goliath's. And it was no, it was, this was intentional from God. The only weapon they had was Goliath's. And David carried this sword into every battle. When he was still in the caves, he had the sword from wiping out Goliath and he would look at it and he would say, you were with me then, you're with me now. When he went up to Keilah to defeat the Philistines, he looked at the sword that he had of Goliath and he was like, you were with me then, you are with me now. And then... I truly believe after he said, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? He grabbed the sword of Goliath and he changed his tone to worship. He changed his tone to say, nevertheless, how I feel. And in verse three, 22, three, it picks up. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel and our ancestors trusted in you. Our ancestors trusted in you and you rescued them. So it wasn't just trust. It was a rescuing following. And they cried out to you and were saved. They trusted in you and were never disgraced. 
And even in other versions, he says, you were not ashamed. They were not ashamed for what happened. They were not ashamed for believing. They were not ashamed for trusting in me to come through because I am the God that always comes through. Our worship team has helped me so much over the last few months going in through this season. And they've been singing songs. And I come up here and I worship because when I worship, I take the control of how I think something should happen and I give it to Christ. And I say, hey, in in Proverbs, you say, we give you the vision and you make the steps happen. You plan it out. The control is yours on how it happens. You're just asking us for the vision. And so I lay it down time and time again during worship. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.